What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yes, we are back. It is Jaguars Brawl. If you're a little confused right now and you're wondering who is speaking, it is not RJ Saunders as it typically has been over the last few episodes and further. I am Michael Phillips. RJ is kind of busy with his real job right now as he is a producer for 1010XL here. We are we are both producers here at the studio, but I am not alone. Today, we welcome on our newest member of Jaguars Brawl, Lori Fitzpatrick. I have Lori on the line. She's calling in. We're trying to, you know, maintain social distancing, but I want to bring her on now. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing well. Just trying to get through every day. It's uh, it's kind of yeah. tough, you know, everything going on, but uh, especially, you know, in our field as we don't really have anything sports related to to watch and and really get through yeah. but you know there's negotiations left and right between organizations and their players and all that going on so at least that's mm-hmm. something um so far so good i mean the NFL couldn't have asked for a better time for this to happen because they're you know they're still a ways away from their season starting and mm-hmm. as we do on a obviously this podcast the name of it it's Jaguars Brawl First, but first off, I want to dive into Lori's background and, and get you the fans kind of acclimated with uh, who she is and what she does because she does a lot of really cool stuff. So, Lori, I just want to give you the floor, introduce yourself to everybody out there, and, and let them know, you know, what you do. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, I uh, appreciate everybody, um, you know, for uh, taking a listen, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to you know. <clears throat> start with this uh with po- this podcast with you guys and you know I, I had a podcast um you know last season and the season prior on the Jaguars it was uh ponytails talking pigskins um but it, you know it was a lot to it was a lot to handle but I love talking about my Jags and and especially to the level where hey if somebody's trying to catch these hands on you know Colts brawl it's on Titans brawl <laughs> it's on okay nonstop we're going to we're going to try to bring it every single week as much as possible. I try to talk about the X's and O's as much as possible. So whether it's uh, schemes, positional um, players, whether it's uh, offense or <clears throat> the St. Gardner Minshew, um, you know, I'm, I, I try to break him down uh, as, you know, as much as possible on Twitter. I make videos. Um, and I'm also a writer on for uh, SI.com. Uh, so I'm going to be, um, breaking down uh, the Jaguars on there, um, we're uh, <clears throat> we're the Jaguar Report, uh, so you can catch my articles uh, with also videos uh, for this upcoming season where I'm going to be breaking down player positions, um, <clears throat> team, so special teams, uh, the defensive team, um, and then also I will target different positional players uh, as well, uh, like all of the tight ends or the wide receiving core. 
Um, so, you know, I'm doing a lot um, for this upcoming season, but hopefully, you know, you guys will be able to catch me on all of those avenues, uh, SI.com, Twitter, and uh, now with Jaguars Brawl. Glad to have you on. You certainly have done a lot. You're doing a lot. And I think everybody mm-hmm. uh, appreciates all the work that you do. If you haven't checked it out, please do go to her Twitter. It's at Lori Fitzpatrick, L-A-U-R-I-E, capital F, Fitzpatrick spelled the normal way, mm-hmm. F-I-T-Z-P-A. Oh, it's actually F-I-T-Z. Yeah, I take out the vowels uh, yeah. at the end of my last name. But, hey, if you guys just type in Lori Fitzpatrick, I'll be, I'll be, I'm the one that comes up and the only chick you'll see in uh, in uh, shoulder pads. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's I used a to cool play a lot of football gonna... back in the day. Um, so that's where I learned, uh, you know, the fundamentals and the X's and O's and uh, that type of stuff. So Yeah, I was going to ask you about that picture because that was one of the first things that I noticed was you in a picture with a ball and, and shoulder pads. How, <laughs> you know, tell me about your experience playing and how you got into it. Yeah, no, no problem. I um, <clears throat> When I was in college, um, I got into – you know, I got into school through sports. Luckily enough, it was, you know, through soccer. And then I also, you know, was a walk-on of the basketball team. Um, but, you know, as, you know, most college athletes know, it's, you know, it's pretty tough to manage both. Um, and uh, so what I ended up doing was um, <clears throat> I ended up giving up, um, like, collegiate sports in general uh, just because I, you know, I really wasn't happy. I, I felt like something was kind of missing um, and I, I was asked to, to play for, um, a tackle football team or just, you know, come see how it, how it looks. It was, uh, one of my, uh, the point guard on the basketball team. And, uh, I, I went out, you know, t- took a look at the team and I saw, uh, how they, they all had shoulder pads on and it's NFL rules. And I said, Oh, I get to tackle people. I'm in. So <laughs> I, I played tackle football for, for about five years. I was in uh, North Jersey Then I played in Philly. Um, then I also played a little bit of the lingerie football too, just to kind of, you know, get, get my football fix in for like my, my fifth year. But, um, then after that, our, our team in Philadelphia ended up folding. Um, so, uh, ever since then, I've just been breaking down the game and I've been lucky enough to be invited by, you know, and, and brought under, you know, the wing of, of so many, um, talented, you know, producers and analysts from, Everywhere, you know, SI.com to, to SB Nation to NFL Films um, to CBS Sports. Like, everybody's kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, let me know and reached out, you know, that, that they, you know, really like my stuff. So I'm just happy to continue to be able to ride this wave and continue to, you know, talk about what I love. And that's, you know, obviously the game. So Absolutely. We love to have you. We love to hear that. So, I do have a quick question for you because I'm I'm from here in Jacksonville. I've grown up here. I've lived here my entire life, but I have mm-hmm. family up in Philadelphia, and oh. I've gone up there a time. Well, I, I've only been up there one time. We got to visit some family. We were up there for a week, and my favorite food in the world is a cheesesteak, and I tried <laughs> a bunch of different places. I didn't go to Pat's or Gino's because I was told that they're the, they're the tourist places. Well, good. Mm-hmm. There's better ones out there, and I'm just curious – uh, because obviously you've bit, you're from there. You you know were there for mm-hmm. you know years. What is your favorite cheesesteak? What what place makes the best one in your opinion? Woodrow's. 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 Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a place on South Street in uh, in South Philly. Okay. So um, it's near Jim's Jim Steaks. I love Jim's. Oh no! Oh man! 
Well, it's okay. We have time to learn. When I come <laughs> to Jacksonville, I'm going to have to bring you a, a Woodrow steak. So, you know, you, you'll get to try a little bit of them both. So, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll take you under my wing and all right, I can all right. show you the way. I'll show you the light, Michael. Okay? I'm, I'm always down to try more cheesesteaks. Don't get me wrong. The My favorite <laughs> that I got to try there, we didn't I mean, obviously we didn't get to go to every other place, you know, around. There are so many. Uh, but I did. I think Tony Luke's was my personal favorite. I love, mm-hmm. I love their steak. Um, but I, I think we, yeah, we tried Jim's. We tried Tony Luke's. We went to mm-hmm. we even the ones. That's what people don't understand. Even the ones at like the games, the yeah, where you could get nachos. They they'll give mm-hmm. you the best cheesesteak you ever had. You know, up in Philadelphia, <laughs> it's it's incredible. I've tried to find. You know, a good cheesesteak around here, and it just it doesn't compare. Nah, it's the bread. It's really the bread, and there's something about Florida where where the bread just isn't that good. And I don't know if it's a water thing. Um, yeah. But like, I, I noticed that you know, you can't really find a lot of really good bread items down there. Like they don't have soft pretzels. You know, you guys no only have the little soft. I mean, the hard, tiny ones. Yeah. Um, but you know, a, a morning after a hangover. One of those thick Philadelphia pretzels. Yeah. Oh, here's everything. It hits the spot. That and cheese steak. Oh, come on. For sure. All right. Well, <laughs> so you've you've done a lot of film breakdown. You mentioned Gardner Minshew. You mentioned mm-hmm. pl- your playing experience and all that combined. I do want to yeah. ask off the bat: Is there what is the one thing from this team that you really think? Because no one's talking about the Jags outside of talking about them picking for Trevor Lawrence next year. Is there anything yeah. on this team? out of the gate that you believe will really actually be a you know a top 15 thing in the league whether it's you know a defensive line sack numbers a receiver a quarterback whatever what do you see is a is maybe the Jaguars biggest asset on this team heading into 2020 uh great question i would say it's a time of possession um and uh it would probably be, I don't know if this is going to be a good stat or not, but, you know, how many third downs the team has? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that, you know, last year Gardner Minshew had a lot of um, plays per possession. You know, he, he had a lot of, like, offensive plays because it's like, you know, second down, we run the ball until fourth down, and then we throw a little short pass. I think that they're going to have a lot of time of possession because I think that um, that with Leonard Fournette and Gardner kind of still kind of coming into his own, I don't think they're going to let him out of his like little leash yet. I think they're going to try to keep him on and do a little you know yards after catch. So I think it's going to be a lot of uh, running the ball with Lenny and. Um, and I, th- I think the wide receivers are going to flourish. I think DJ Chark is going to be, you know, top five wide receiver in the entire league. I, I think that that's going to happen this year, without a doubt. I, c- I could certainly see it. I'm not quite convinced about DJ Chark being a top five receiver in the league. I can certainly see, you know, top 12, top 10. I, mm-hmm. I want to see it more. He broke out last season and seems to definitely have a, you know, a chemistry with Gardner Minshew, they they really got on a on a great you know wavelength last year. I want to see him develop a little bit more. I do think that this offense under Drake Gruden 
will actually benefit him and not only him, but benefit guys like D.D. Westbrook, who were still who a lot of people are still unsure of. Is he going to be the two yeah. or the three receiver between him and Conley? Or is Chenault going to, you know, burst onto the scene as a rookie and, you know, take over that spot and push Didi down to potentially the fourth, you know, receiver mm. on this league? Will Tyler Eifert come mm-hmm. in he- coming in here? Is he going to take away from that? It, it There's a lot of new pieces in a, in a new offense that I think it will definitely benefit DJ Chark. I'm just not 100% sure that in the first year under this new system, I just, I want to see it. You know, if he, if he goes out, you know, in the yeah. first four weeks and has – you know, 400 yards or 385 yards and, you know, three touchdowns, then I'll, I'll definitely, you know, listen to that conversation. I'm not quite convinced yet, but I, I could see it. I would love I would love for them to have another number one receiver. They haven't had a guy, you know, be that week in, week out number one guy yeah. since I think Justin since Blackman. Alan. I think since Alan. Justin Black. Well, yeah, Allen Robinson for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. He had a He had a crazy good Pro Bowl year that one year. I wish he would have been able to stick around, but obviously, yeah, you know, you know, with him, you know, telling Bortles keep the ball in the F and bounds. Oh man, so that, that didn't uh, go over well. That practice that, footage, he's, he's yeah, that, they basically chose Bortles over Allen Robinson. Hmm, how did that work out? Eh, yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. I remember having to argue with people about Blake Bortles and telling. I, I tried to tell people that he they should have moved off of him early. Way every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Early, I thought they should have moved off of them two, three years before they did. But, you know, yeah. they, they did what they wanted. They did what they felt was the right choice and it ended up obviously mm-hmm. not working out and they were in another hole at the most important position in sports so you know we'll see we'll see if yeah. Gardner can can rectify that I'm still wait and see with him as well I would I think he has the potential I'm just mm-hmm. cautiously optimistic and especially with you know the team that they had that he has around him it's, it makes it even more difficult but so yeah next up we're gonna we're gonna move on we're gonna get to the schedule, you know, that's Woo. that's what it's all about, wins and losses. So we're going to oh, – Lori and I are going to go through the schedule and give you guys what we think the record would be, uh, a floor and a ceiling of what it potentially could be. You know, how high do we see it? How low do we see it? That's coming up next on Jaguars Brawl. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Brawl, Michael Phillips, Lori Fitzpatrick coming at you. So we we teased it before we uh we went to the little break and we want to go into you know what's this schedule? What what is 
what is the realistic expectations record-wise? What is this team going to end up being at the end of the season? So, Lori, let, let's just look through the schedule real quick because it's not okay. the hardest schedule in the world. I'll go through it. They no, start- it's not, honestly. It's really interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they start off with Indianapolis at home, and then they go to Tennessee the next week, and then they get the Thursday night game against the Dolphins in week three. Yeah. And in there, there is a realistic, you know, scenario where they could be three and zero after that Thursday night yeah. game. There's also yeah, a scenario. I mean, it, Go ahead. Definitely. No, no, no. I was just going to uh, agree. I think the first half of the season, like before the bye week, they could potentially only have one or two losses. Unfortunately, they are against you know divisional divisional opponents, but. Honestly, I think every team that's not in our in our division, AFC South, I think they're definitely winnable games. I w- I agree with you. Let, let's go through that. Oh, that, that's a good point. So outside of the division, excluding the Colts, Titans, Texans, they play the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Lions, the Chargers, the Packers, Steelers, Browns, Vikings, and Ravens. Yeah, Bears. Out- yeah, it's not bad. It's it's hit or miss. It's it's about half and half of really good teams to great teams to bottom feeders such as the Bengals and the Dolphins. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I just see it as like the second half of the season. Obviously, you see like you know the Packers, Steelers, Vikings. That's going to be really rough. Um, but that's already expected to be rough if you have a quarterback that only has one season under his belt. You know, the second half of the season is already where those teams have an entire season before and a first half of the season on film. So they're able to break you down on the field. So that's going to happen anyway. So I actually love the schedule for this team, especially because when there is no pressure, they always perform better. Always. And I know it's like, you know, well, duh, it's like, but honestly, that it's just always when the team has, like, the, the one year right after they went to the AFC Championship, everybody was saying they were going to go, like, 10-4 or, you know, whichever. And then they ended up only winning, like, five games. Yeah, they did. And it, three of those oh. games came in the first four weeks. They were 3-1 and one after they beat the Patriots in, I think, week four. And then it just yeah. fell apart. They got injury riddled, and it, was, it just mm-hmm. fell apart towards the, the last three-fourths of the season. So... Looking at the schedule, what do you think is a your, – your record prediction is a realistic expectation, according to you, of where this team will be after they play the Colts on Week 17? <laughs> oh, man. So I'm going to get – I'm going to get torn up for this. I don't really mind. Like, I think they're going to go 6-10. and 10. I could see – yeah, that's – I could easily see that. That's – that's in that no man's land. Six and ten, seven and nine is Yeah, like I, I kinda see them as that only because they're not supposed to. They're supposed to get two wins. And I, I see like with this schedule, the Browns, the Lions, the Bengals, the Dolphins. Like, are you serious? These these are not hard teams. Like, you know, I, I think if anything, they're gonna surprise some people and I don't think they're gonna be in last when week seventeen comes around. Like I don't I don't think they'll be at the bottom of the league. I think 
they they will probably have some more. I mean, that's tough. But I think, oh man, I can't say that I don't know if they're going to be the bottom in the AFC South. Because I'd say the Texans are probably their biggest, you know, hurdle. That Minshew only lost by one point against them last year. He did. And then in London, you know, he kind of did fall apart. Uh, but he was his first time traveling. And the whole team really just played, just kind of laid a goose egg out in uh, out in London. But, that yeah, that game in Houston was right down to the wire. And, and f- they were they – were, Inches away from actually winning yeah, that game, inches. yeah, and that's not no, that's not an over exaggeration. Leonard Fournette stretched the ball out and was just short, and they they had to review it, and it like it was close. That game, there was so much that happened in that game. That was the same game that mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey went off on the sideline. the The game was yeah. it was an ugly game. Deshaun Watson got almost knocked out trying to score, and and he got knocked out as he went into the end zone. It almost seemed like he took a beating. Uh, the Jags, yep. de- Jags defense played really well. That and that's that's kind of what I wanted to get to is, th- I think this defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. I know they were the second worst team against the run last season and set an NFL record with giving up over I think it was 220 yards a game on the ground in four straight games, what hadn't been done since the winless Bucks did it in the 70s. But I really. Like the additions defensively, they they added a ton on the defensive side, which I wasn't quite expecting. I was expecting it to be more half and half split between free agency and the draft of, you know, where they decided to to improve yeah. on. But they they went more defense defensive heavy. I mean, their first two picks, C.J. Henderson and Clavian Chason, are obviously defensive picks at corner and edge. And if Yan if Yannick Ngakwe decides to play, which I still am not sure about, I'll get your take on that here in a minute. I really think that this team could actually be in prime position to really have a good bounce back season defensively. I'm not saying that they're going to be a top ten defense, but I think they could be a top fifteen, top seventeen mm-hmm. defense that'll be serviceable and keep them around and help out a young quarterback in Gardner Minshew in an offense learning a new system, you know, under Jay Gruden. So. Since I just mentioned it, I do want to get your take since you just joined the podcast about Yannick Ngakwe and everything that's been going on with him and what you think will happen this season regarding his play. Uh, I think he's going to play. Okay. Um, Why? Because I think he loves the game too much. I just think maybe he feels a little stupid right now um, because he just, like, Told the franchise by, but like, um, like, what do you mean your your job's not done yet? And like you said, by and yet you're requesting like to be one of the top um, defensive linemen in the entire league, and not a single team offered him that. Like, I just think he, I think he feels a little silly, um, but. I know that he's a hard worker and I know that he loves the game and, but he just loves himself more and that's fine. You know, there's no problem with that. Um, but I, like, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing him sit out. Um, so I, I think he's going to play. Um, obviously if there's a trade that comes along, I'm sure they're going to take it. Uh, but I don't think he sits out. I think he plays <laughs> and it just, 
it's just unfortunate, you know, for him that he's just on this side. He shouldn't have had such a bold take from the beginning. Like, do you see the rookie, Josh Allen? Come on, man. Like, he is good. He, he had more. He had two and a half more sacks than Jan had last season. Yeah, well. it's like, how can you, you know, justifiably, you know, I, I don't want to say act like that because I understand where he's coming from, but it's just, it's just not realistic and, uh, and it's just unfortunate. But I, I think he plays, and I hope he does because it, it's great. You know, I think, I think the team needs him. Um, and uh, and you know, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. <laughs> it, but, it really but I hope is. he plays. Um, I hope I hope he gets. You know, I hope he gets back on the field for this season. I do too. I just worry that his. I guess you say. I guess the right word is antics on Twitter. Yeah. Have have burned too many bridges. Calling yeah. the owner's son a clown on Twitter, I think uh, is that that's a hard think, hurdle to no, get. No, no, no. I don't think he did that. Um, I think he I, did. No, no, no. There was um, there was a fake tweet that went out, and um, I don't think it was Yannick that called him a clown. I'm pretty um, sure. What? Well, he didn't call him a clown. He he called him out and said a bunch, and then at the end of the tweet, he put the clown oh, emoji. Yeah, uh, that and that is seen as essentially calling him a clown. I guess yeah. yeah. To be completely a hundred percent clear, technically he didn't call him a clown. That wouldn't hold up in court, I guess. But <laughs> you know, so uh, I actually pulled up the the tweet here, and yeah, I see uh, Yannick. Um, I was one hundred percent wrong. Yannick definitely tweeted Tony Khan at Tony. Stop hiding, Mo. Yep. Tony, I'm not hiding, sir. I'm in isolation, getting ready for the draft. And then Yannick put, stop holding people up for no reason, clown emoji. Mm. Yep. Yeah, see, mm. that called in calling him out not only, you know, behind closed doors, but completely publicly through Twitter. Yeah. Not even, you know, a phone conversation. Uh, and it yeah. just kind of blindsided Tony. I, I can't imagine what Tony Khan what his reaction was when he, you know, gets a buzz on his phone. Yeah, woke up. Yeah, yeah that. and he's oh. like, oh, what is this? Yeah, that, that must that must have been kind of surreal for him. I, I really hope that he he calms down with, with everything that he said. And, you know, I, I t- was on his side when this all began, and I still yeah. think that he deserves to get paid. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that he definitely has earned the right to be paid, especially – for what he's made and how he's completely outperformed his third round contract that he got. He's only made, I think a total of 4 million in his entire career from the league, you know, through his contract. And he definitely deserves an upgrade by a mile. But at the same time, look, he's got to be willing to play ball. And it seemed like he was. And the rumors were that Tom Coughlin got involved and said, no, there's a lot of rumors going that went around at the time about their contract negotiations and Jan decided to bet on him, bet on himself through 2019 and revisit it at the end of the year. And, you know, negotiations have just stalled and we're now COVID hit and all of these different factors are playing into it. And the team may not be willing. We don't know exactly what they're willing to pay him, but it obviously yeah. isn't enough according to Jan or else they would have a deal done. And it got to the point where yeah. Jan just, seem like he didn't want to play ball it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any more, you know, negotiation-wise with the team and, I hope that that can be walked back and all can be forgiven in that aspect because I'm just trying to picture Calavian Chase on Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen, you know, coming at offenses this upcoming season. And it makes me happy. I really want to see that stuff, you know? Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So to get yeah. to shift gears back, we kind of took a little detour. I wanted to get into Yan. Um, because it's an important, you know, part of this team, mm-hmm. and if he plays, it kind of puts a cherry on top of what this defense could potentially be. But as a as a whole, as a team, you know, your your prediction for their record was six and ten. I think I would probably say that's right on par. I would probably go five and eleven, just under that. Yeah. I don't think that they're a two and fourteen, a three and thirteen team. I think they'll be able just because of their schedule. I don't see them. Because if you look at Miami, Cincinnati, the Chargers, who they, they never they're mm-hmm. at LA and they never play well out west, especially against that yeah, team. Yeah. Um, I, I was seeing that too. They they never play well out west ever. No, it, except with, in Seattle that one year in 2017. That was honestly that was one of the best Jaguar games I've ever watched in my entire life. Agreed. I'll never forget that game. That was a good game. I love the. Uh, <laughs> The team, this when they played the Seahawks at home and they beat them. I, I want was that twenty seventeen or oh, I think they played that? them at home in twenty seventeen. I think they played them away the year before or two years before that. And I, but I remember that game and that they played really well that game. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, uh, but yeah, see, yeah, I I don't see them losing to the Titans necessarily twice. They always they they historically have always split with them. I see them beating the Colts once. I, you know, you never know, but I, I just don't see enough losses there to say that they're going to, you know, be at that top pick or top two pick scenario. And then, I mean, maybe they will, maybe I'll be wrong, but I see them being more, I don't see them being a 10 and six team. I see them being two and 14 easier than I see them being 10 and six, but I honestly see them being more kind of in the middle at five and 11, six and 10, like you mentioned, which Brings me to the next point that puts them in kind of no man's land because everybody wants to talk about Trevor Lawrence coming here. And as a, yeah. I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan, and I, I would love for Gardner to work out. But if if they are four and twelve or three and thirteen, then I think it's very enticing to go after Trevor Lawrence or maybe a Justin Fields from Ohio State if they can't get you know up to that number one spot and they they would have to be at two or three. You, you know, all these scenarios are kind yeah. of playing out, but. What I want to do now is get into the the floor of how bad could the Jaguars be record-wise. 
in the ceiling of really how good your your most confident, you know, optimistic view on this team. What do you think? What what do you think their their absolute ceiling and floor would be for twenty twenty? I mean, seven and nine would be the best that they could do. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I think seven and nine, eight, and that eight would, would be, be right there. amazing. I think it would be too, and I think that would be incredibly promising with a first year OC, all these new pieces. Gardner Minshew would just you know come into into his own in his second mm-hmm. year. It would if they go seven and nine or eight and eight. There's would, no Trevor. Yeah, there's no Trevor. There's no. There's not even Justin Fields. You you're Gardner Minshew, and I think that would mm-hmm. if they get to that record, it would mean that Gardner had to have played pretty dang good to yeah. to to get to that point. And so I think they have him on a six-round rookie QB contract. That is incredibly beneficial to the team, and they can really mm-hmm. be aggressive in free agency with all the cap room that they are going to have in 2020. I think, so. yeah, I think 7-9, and 8-8 nine, eight and eight would be great. Where, where yeah, do, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, what wins do you see potentially to get to them to that point? Because mm-hmm. I see, like, I don't see them beating Green Bay. I don't really see them beating Baltimore. But there are a few games in there that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a team that they shouldn't beat, they potentially could, like the L.A. Chargers or maybe even the Pittsburgh Steelers. What yeah. do you see? Yeah, I, at first I saw, like, I was, looking at the Pit, I was looking at Pittsburgh, and I saw that, you know, they were actually home, which yep. was kind of disappointing because, honestly, they play really well in Pittsburgh. They do. Always, um, which is always, you know, surprising, but... Um, I think that game's going to be tough because uh, we're really going to see what's going to happen when they play the Packers because it, that's that's going to be a tough spot because after the Packers game, I know you know they're going to be they're going to try to put it out all out on the field um, and uh, and I'm just thinking about like injuries. Um, I think that Steelers game is going to be like one of the most important games of the season um, because that's going to tell them like whether or not they're going to beat the Browns. And I, I, if they lose to the Browns, then it's a Trevor Lawrence um, draft. I, I, that's just how I feel. So I actually have them beating the Browns. I have them beating the Bears, uh, the Lions, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and uh, – I have, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between them beating the Texans early in the season or them beating the Chargers. I think they're going to lose one of those games. And I'm kind of going more towards that they'll lose against the Chargers. But it's just tough because they have a bye week. So I think that saves them for the whole West Coast travel how they always lose on the West Coast type of thing because they have a bye week the week before. That's a good point. So I point. think they'll be fine then, and they may lose against the Texans in the early parts of the season. Yeah, very good point. I think I would agree with you with that. Yeah, I, the bye week being right there because, I mean, you would have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head how many times they've had a, a bye week right before they have to go out West, but I do think – that it will be very beneficial. I wonder if they would travel out there earlier, maybe Wednesday or Thursday the week before, just to get yeah. completely acclimated. Now, I don't know with, you know, COVID and all the restrictions on travel and hotels and 
thing and, and all yeah. of that. I wonder how much that'll play into it. But yeah, having the bye week before that game is is a big benefit. And th- mm-hmm. that's what's great about this season. So now that's that's the optimistic side of things. <laughs> how how do you see this going if, you know, we have there's too many injuries, you know, this offense can't get itself mm-hmm. figured out, the run defense isn't fixed, whatever terrible situation you can think of, how how bad do you think it potentially could get in 2020? I think they could very I think it could be likely that they could have only two wins as well. Like you were saying, you know, I think it's more likely that they'll go, you know, how you're saying, like, you know, two and 12 than, or what is it? Uh, two and 14, two and 14, you know, rather than seven and nine. Um, it's just, it, it, it looks, it's a really tough schedule. Like if you think about, the opponents and how they're matched up, it's like it's like you you have like the Texans, which is okay, and then you have the Lions, which aren't really that good. But you have a bye week, you know, and then you have the Chargers, which aren't really that good, and then another divisional game. And then the Packers, which is like the best, almost arguably. Then the Steelers, which, you know, all right, and the crappy Browns and really good Vikings. Like, I feel like it's it goes so up and down. Like, the schedule, like, I feel like it, it just jumps all over the place. Um, so, which which makes it harder to predict, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think, unfortunately, there could be a good chance that they could go 2-14, just like, because if you think about, like, quicksand, you know, and that, that seems to happen with teams that have young guys. And, you know, once, if you don't have a true leader in the locker room, like, you know, who is the Jaguars' leader? Who, who's the guy that's been around for all those years? You know, like, who is it? I, I can't I can't name it right now. I you can know, tell you. Year, it was, you know, the, the, the safety from from the Cowboys, but, you know, then, then he was gone. So it's tough. You know, it's tough with a bunch of young guys in a locker room when you have a schedule that, is, that isn't really that good. Like, the teams aren't really that good, but that could be – the, the stake that you know that that kills them if if they're not playing their best, you know it could it could be an excuse to not win, you know. I yeah I could see that. And young teams are are an enigma. They're, they're hard to figure out in terms of where their heads are at and and just their motivation and their chemistry and, and all those factors. You know, you mentioned the leader. The leader's playing is gonna is gonna be suiting up in purple and black. You know, out in Baltimore, that that's their leader, and he's gone now. So they don't really have one. They, you know, you look to the leader. Gardner Minshew has reportedly mm-hmm. really stepped up through all these meetings, and he's gone through a few workouts with a few different guys. I think I saw him and DJ Chark, and I think Chris Conley working out together uh, recently this past week. And so he's taken on a leadership role. Leonard Fournette has stepped up a little bit, you know, throughout the last year mm-hmm. or so. On defense, it's really hard because it was Calais for so long, and now he's yeah. gone, and so they're kind of looking for that guy. You, yeah, you want to like say Darius, maybe? Yeah, I, I mean, like it's tough, you know. Like there's, like you could say Miles Jack, but he's yeah. not even like somebody that you're scared of. He's like my height, you know. He's <laughs> not like, you know, you you need, um, like a Joe Schobert. You know he might be able to to come in and 
and be a leader on this team. That's kind of who I was thinking, but it's it's hard because he this is his first time here, and he, he has, yeah, exactly. I mean, he is playing a leadership position, but it, it's tough to win the trust over you know a group of guys that have been here, and he's the new guy on the block. So you know, yeah. it, it could be bad. I think I, I'm right there with you. I think two and fourteen would be the floor. It, it's just if the bottom falls out and and the run defense isn't fixed, you know, a guy like C.J. Henderson can't quite you know, catch up to the speed of the NFL. He struggles a little bit. Gardner doesn't look anything, you know, better and maybe takes yeah. a step back after his after an impressive rookie season. Leonard Fournette, the offensive line can't get itself figured out because they really didn't add a ton to that yet. They added Ben Barch, who I don't yeah. even know if he's going to, you know, end up being a factor whatsoever. He might be a, a solid backup and he might make the roster, but, you know, that's up in the air. So you – Definitely don't expect him to make a huge difference along the mm-hmm. offensive line. That mm-hmm. he's really like a did. culture guy. Yeah, exactly. He, and he they struggled last year a lot at that spot. I mean, Jawan Taylor had a great rookie season, uh, but mm-hmm. he you know he even struggled with you know holding penalties and and had a you know a few yeah kinks. false starts. Yeah, on, on big drives on on scoring drives too. Exactly. So you know you know it it could be it could be really bad. It could be average. We both pretty much agree that it's going to be kind of somewhere in the middle, just you know, below average, not complete crap. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that yeah, that's 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 the mindset going into at least our predictions are not complete crap. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not too bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so coming up, we're gonna we're gonna dive into some bold predictions, kind of to piggyback off off these uh, you know ceilings and floor. What is what are some bold predictions that this team could potentially have? Don't go anywhere. This is Jaguars Bro. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Bro coming at you. Michael Phillips, Lori Fitzpatrick. So we talked just a minute ago about our what we're going to get into now is our bold predictions. Lori, I'll let you have the floor. I'll let you go first. What do you think are just... You know, something that people are not expecting from this team. What do you think could potentially happen on the on this field in 2020 with, with our Jaguars that uh you know people just are not expecting? Um, I'm gonna say uh <clears throat> I think the Jaguars are um I think they're gonna have a little bit more interceptions that they than they've had in the past seasons. Okay. Um, I um <clears throat> I know that the Ravens one year you know, they, they had a lot. Um, I would say um, I would say they're going to have, uh, I would say, over five in the first half of the season. Um, I, I think that not having Ramsey um, and us kind of changing the way the scheme is going to be ran, um, I think it's going to throw off a lot of offenses. Um, and I think that Ronnie Harrison is going to step up in a big way. Um, I think C.J. Henderson is going to be a really good addition. Um, and I think that they'll be able to uh, attack the offenses by running zone uh, correctly for the first time in about, you know, five years. Um, so I think <laughs> that being said, um, I think before uh, by week eight, they will have at least five interceptions. All right. I like that one, yeah. So, how confident are you in Trey Herndon on the other side? I personally, I love 
C.J. Henderson. I got the chance to cover him at Florida while I was at school there. And I remember going to practice day in and day out. And he would do something that would just kind of really stick with you. It was just something, whether it was him leaping in the air to bat down a ball or him diving to to swat something away or, you know, they, they couldn't hit in practice, but he would thud guys up, you know, better better than any corner. That's which was so surprising to see the knock on him mm-hmm. being tackling and physicality because one of the things that I saw the most out of him day in and day out was how physical and willing he was to get up there. I think he's a willing tackler. He's just not necessarily the best tackler. He's not a great yeah, tackler. Like, he, he's not like put the nose on the ball and like he's not Jalen. Like no. Jalen will try to, you know, he's going to make a highlight tackle. CJ, yeah. he's going to make a form tackle. He's going to wrap, drive to the ground. You know, he's not going to light the dude up. You know, he's going to do what he needs to do in order for his other defensive players to have a group, you know, tackle, you know, like wolves, like how you're supposed to tackle. It's not yeah. going to be a one-man show, and, you know, he's not going to put his nose on the ball and force all these kinds of, you know, fumbles and things like that. But I think he's going to do his job, and he's more of a uh, – he's more of a like a A.J. Bouye type of owner rather than a – Ramsey. I, I think so too. I, I'll just echo that. He he um yeah, he's he's not gonna be the guy that, that brings somebody down single handedly and flips a guy over like you would see Ramsey do every once in a while. Um he's a guy that that like you mentioned, he'll he'll be able to grab somebody and maybe hold on to him to allow the other guys to come and make, you know, a gang tackle or something like that. What do you what do you think about Trey Herndon? Because he's I go back and forth with him because he played really well at times last season. He struggled a little bit at times last season. I, I will never probably forget him going up and not necessarily because it didn't seem like Julio necessarily jumped, really gave it his all, but it seemed like he out-jumped Julio for a for a pick, and he's the guy that came down with it. And I remember seeing that and going, all right, this this that we may have something here. What what do you what are your feelings on him? I don't. Oh man, I don't see that. Um, I see that. Uh, you know, he made a good play. Yeah. But honestly, like, I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't see that at all. Um, I see, you know, him making good plays and doing his job, um, and then that makes him look good. But it just makes him look like how he should look every play. Like, when you said in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm kind of unsure about him. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. Like, I'm the same way, but I'm more on the, you know, my glass is half empty side gotcha. of him than the other side. I just, I don't see, like, it just doesn't see, like, I, it, 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 he doesn't have, like, good fluid motion. No. Like, I just... I don't know. I like. I don't see him being being a long term replacement. Um, and for for Ramsey, it was just like I I wanted to hold my breath and close my eyes when <laughs> he came in for him. But, yeah, I think... like he made a couple of good plays, but the games that he played okay, he just did his job. You know what I mean? I think what also plays into that is uh, I think his his expectations coming in last season. You know. I don't think they were all that high 
because we they still had, you know, at the beginning of the year, Ramsey and Boye. And so nobody talked about Trey. No, nobody really even knew who he was. You know, he would come in rarely as like a breather for Ramsey or something like that. But then Ramsey gets traded and all of a sudden he's a starter. And I think, yeah, he had a rocky, you know, it wasn't all great, wasn't all bad, you know, into the season. I, I yeah. thought that there was enough there to give him the chance to be the starting quarterback. Now we'll see, you know, what what he will be as a full-time starter. I do wonder, you know, because C.J. Henderson's coming in as, as you know, potentially is probably going to be the number one corner as a ninth overall pick, but that is still a lot, even for as talented mm-hmm. of a guy as C.J. is, to come in week in, week out, and cover the best player on the field or cover, you know, blanket one side of the field for, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. you're running more zone. Um, but he's a guy that I, that I do think can can really do it. I just wonder how quickly he'll be able to really get a grasp on it. So my, I guess, bold prediction is that I now I do, I really want to believe that Jan will play. But my bold prediction is that Jan will not play a down for the Jags this season and the but the sack numbers will not dip whatsoever. They will not oh. miss him in terms of sack numbers. Now, I think they can miss him in terms of pressures and, you know, just rattling guys. But in terms of true sack numbers, I think they'll be able to make up for – What do you, I think he had eight sacks last season. I think Clavian Chason, Rodney Gunter, and all these guys providing pressure all as a unit. And I think Josh Allen is going to have a big second year. I think they'll be able to be okay in terms of how many sacks they get – you know, comparatively speaking to this this year and last year. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I could definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, um, Josh Allen did did really well. I don't see them dipping really at all with sex. Um, yeah, Yannick he had a he had an eight. Um, but like the the thing that he does really well is his forced fumbles. That is and that's true. That pressure that you're that you're talking about. So I'm hoping that. <laughs> You know, Josh Allen learned enough from Yannick, um, but I, I could definitely see that uh, being, you know, something that happens where the sack numbers don't go down, and but he does not play. Because, yeah. I mean, hey, Saxonville didn't, wasn't uh, made a hashtag because of one guy or two guys. No, nah, it, it was a of combination guys. of that, that defensive line in 2017 was something else with Marcel Darius, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. All those guys, and it, not even just on the defensive Avery line. Jones. A, yeah, Avery Jones was playing really well. You still had. He was had, doing really well. I think we miss him more than, you know, uh, or um, I'm sorry, um, who 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 uh, who went to the Eagles and then tore his. Oh his yeah, Malik Jackson. Yeah, they had yeah. Malik. Yeah, it was Calais, Malik, Jan, and a, it was uh, and then Avery or Marcel was at that other defensive tackle spot. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I miss Malik Jackson too. I'm glad to see him in Philadelphia because I am. That's my second NFL team. But it was a bummer to see him get hurt. But yeah, he was. I remember when he came from Denver after he, they won the Super Bowl, and it was the next year that he came into Jacksonville, I believe, because he told us he told us this was the story. He told his agent, "Whoever has the most zeros, whoever pays me the most, that's where I'm going." So that was it. That's all he told his agent. Jacksonville paid him the most, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna be a Jaguar." And he came and. Oh, really? he, yeah, he came and he was great. Oh, wow. That that's I thought maybe it was Calais. It I 
that definitely didn't hurt, but that was the story was that he told his agent, I don't care what team, I really don't have a preference. Whoever pays me the most, that's where I'm going. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't that's know awesome. if that's 100% <laughs> true, but that was the that was the story that I heard. That was I guess the rumor that came out of that of how he came, you know, to be in uh in Jacksonville. Man, it would be great to get back to that level of defense. That was that was a special group. Pro bowlers and all pros all over the field. We'll see if CJ Henderson can do it. We'll see if Ronnie Harrison can become a great safety. You know, it, it's all up in the air. And that's what's great mm-hmm. about the offseason. There's there's always hope. The Jags always Jaguars fans love the offseason, I think maybe more than just about any other fan base in the league because they haven't lost a game yet. And it's, it's exactly it's it's a fun time. I really hope that we can have football. I'm really hoping that everything works out. I don't care if there's fans, if there's not fans. I just want to see, you know, this team out on the field. I want to see what they can do. And I, I really want to see what Gardner Minshew is going to be in his second year. I think he could be really, really good. Yeah, agreed. I, I think he's really going to flourish, um, and especially under under Jay. Um, I think it's going to be. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm on team No Trevor. I'm on team Gardner. I don't know if I'm quite sure. off of team Trevor. I'm just I'm I can I play both? I want to play both. <laughs> I, because, no, not allowed. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess for net. See, that's what's great about I think this season, at least from my point of view. If Gardner's yeah. great, then Gardner's going to be great, and he's going to ha- he already has this city, you know, in that in the palm of his hand from his personality, the jorts, the, the whole charisma that he has. It fits exactly what I think Jags fans love, and mm-hmm. and ha- just kind of their style. And so if he's great, he's great, and this team is going to rally behind him, and it'll be so much fun. And then look, yeah. if he's not great, then Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields are right there, and that's why I really want to see this season because I think. Either way, Jags fans are going to get something that they love and will be able to hold on to for the next 10 years. Because if Gardner's great, he'll, he'll be your franchise quarterback. If he's not, you'll get a franchise quarterback, I believe, in Trevor Lawrence or <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields. So, you know, if barring them being, you know, 6-10 and 10 or 7-9, and nine, which we could easily see that is a real possibility, then they're, one of those two scenarios is going to happen, and I'm just excited for it. I really appreciate you coming on, Laurie. We're really happy to have you as part of the team. Uh, anything else that you want to add to you know the end of the podcast to let fans know where they can find you? Anything that you want to add at all? Uh, no, just um, just go on Twitter. Uh, shoot me a follow at Laurie Fitzpatrick um, on SI.com with the Jaguar report. Uh, you know now with uh, Jaguar brawl, and um, don't forget most importantly, Duval. There we go. <laughs> all right, this has been Jaguars brawl. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.